Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 182 of the Keeping Up with the King series here on the Run of the Mills podcast. And today we're going to continue on with this passage that we have been reading through uh, in Matthew chapter 17. And Jesus has been talking to his disciples. And what he has been talking about, well, uh, I shouldn't say he was talking with his disciples. He came down and saw his disciples who were trying to cast out a demon from a young man, a boy who was um, uh, thrown often into the fire and into the water. And, and the father uh, comes to Jesus and he says, uh, you know, I brought this, I, I brought my son to your disciples, but they could not cure him. And Jesus says, Oh, faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, How could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So just first, he rebukes his disciples, um, or rather he points out the reason why they were unable to cast out this demon. And he says, it's because of your unbelief. And so we're told why they can't do it. Now, what's interesting is the second part of this, in the verse 21, where it says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Um, you know, in my Bible, there's a footnote there that points out that that verse isn't in some of the, uh, what they would often call, you know, the best manuscripts. Um, there's there's a whole lot of debate about those type of things. So uh, just really sh quickly, um, in case you're not aware of this, um, the we don't have what they would call the um, the original signatures. We don't have the original um, writings of the apostles. We don't have the original writings of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We have copies of them, and we have many, many, many ancient copies of them. And this uh, this leads to uh, sometimes a little bit of um, debate amongst uh, Bible scholars and theologians and such, because uh, while the vast, vast, vast majority of the scripture is in total agreement, there are these certain portions where something is missing or something is um, something is different. Uh, sometimes there's a verse that's that's there that uh, isn't in other in other uh, ancient manuscripts. And so there's there's some. Um, how do you, how do I say this? There's, uh, I guess there's, there's some discussion amongst like Bible translators and there's research that they do as, as far as deciding, you know, which, which is the most accurate copy, right? And so there's different philosophies on that. Some people would say, well, the oldest copy is the most accurate copy. And somebody else might say, well, you know what? Every copy we have except for three has this portion of scripture in it. You know, well, so do we take the majority but somebody else might say, well, the three that we have are the oldest three, so we should go with the oldest three. And some would say, well, those oldest three survived only because they were not used because there were things added to them and they were rejected. So anyway, there, there's some debate about certain things. And so it's good that these verses are marked in the Bible because you don't want to build a, a theological position on one of those uh, one of those points. Um, sometimes when you read it, you find like, well, it's it doesn't make sense without without it there. You know, it doesn't make sense 
if this verse isn't there. And so this one's kind of odd because, you know, Jesus tells us exactly why, um, you know, they were not able to cast it out. And Jesus says, because of your unbelief. Um, but then he says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. What's interesting to me about this is that they didn't really have time right? They didn't have time for fasting. Like, what were they supposed to do? Say, okay, um, hey, we are going to pass, cast out this demon. So as of um, 15 minutes ago when I had dinner, I have now been fasting. And so now this will work. Uh, no, I don't I don't think that's at all what, what Jesus is saying. I think what he's generally, what he's saying in general is this, that that we need to be fasted up and prayed up. And and so that leads us to the question of of this whole idea of fasting. What is fasting? Uh, what what does it mean? And there's a lot of people that use fasting in, in ways that are very, um, very, very strange. And maybe we would even say manipulative. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But first of all, I guess what, what we would say fasting is, is um, going without food. Um, going without food. Sometimes it's going without food or water for a period of time. And the the reason that you might do that as a Christian is to bring your flesh into submission. Um, that, that idea being that there's this battle going on between the old you, the, the old sinful nature, your, your physical desires and wants, and the new you that was born of the Spirit that desires the things of God. And so there's this, this conflict that goes on between, within us where you know, the, the things that we want to do, we often know, hey, I'm not, I shouldn't do that. That's not there. There's part of me that wants to, and part of me that doesn't want to at the same time. I'm conflicted, and and sometimes we get, we can get very confused in that. And so this is one of those great reasons to practice practice fasting is that it brings our flesh into submission to uh, again it, it weakens it as we stop feeding it, as we take that time instead um, to to pray and seek the Lord, and we find ourselves being less uh, distracted by our 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 desires of our flesh. Now, for me personally, when when I when I fast, I find that if I fast for one day, all I'm thinking about is my flesh. All I'm thinking about is I'm so hungry, I have a headache. Oh, but if I decide ahead of time, like I'm going to fast for three days, then it's very different because I know the end where the end is. And after a day, usually you're not hungry anymore. You just drink water and you're back to it. And so, um. A lot of times people misunderstand uh, how fasting is mentioned in the Bible. And, and what ends up happening a lot of times is people do what I call dating God, right? So I used to I used to tell my youth group kids all the time, don't date God. And what I meant by that was that in the Bible, it talks about the church being the bride of Christ, that we are his bride. And this idea of the, the marriage relationship is, is pictured in our relationship with Jesus. It's not a dating relationship. And that's so often, especially with, with teenagers who are, uh, for, the, for most of them probably, they've embraced this idea of dating to find a spouse or dating for recreation or dating to fulfill their, their needs and wants or whatever. Um, but in a dating relationship, what people usually find is that there's a lack of, um, I don't want to say honesty, but maybe, um, I was going to say veracity, but that's not the word I want to say either. There's a lack of transparency. There's a lack of transparency. People tend to act in a way that is not 
how they normally act. They're putting on a show. They're putting their best foot forward because they want to impress this person who they like or are attracted to or whatever. They want that person to like them. And so they will do things and say things and act in certain ways in order to get that person to like them, in order to impress that person, in order to get that person to do what they want or fall in love with them or whatever. And oftentimes, this is the attitude that Christians take. We get in this mode of dating God. We start doing things. Rather than doing them because we love him, we start doing them to show him. Oh, look at me, God. Look, look, at, look at how much I love you. Look at how much I love you. I read my Bible for an hour. Guess, look how much I love you. Oh, oh yeah, God, I, I, uh, I, I, I won't, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to fast to show you how much I love you. Like, oh, then God is like, oh, I have to give them what they want because they fasted. You know, um, there was a time, uh, well, a number of times in my, my life in, in, with my wife where we were making important decisions and oftentimes what we would say is, well, hey, we're going to take some time to pray and fast. And we weren't fasting so that we could get what we wanted. That was not our goal. You know, when we were deciding, hey, we're going to buy this house or we're not going to buy this house. And we said, well, let's, let's take some time to pray and fast. We weren't fasting so that God would be obligated to give us a house. And as I said before, we're not fasting to get what we want, but rather we're fasting to get God's way in us. And that's really should be our attitude of prayer. It's not prayer. It's not, I want God to do things my way, but rather I want to come into line with what God is doing, what God desires. And so when we start talking about fasting, it's not fasting to show God, look, God, look, look, look how much I, look how much I love you. Look, you know, like bringing your girlfriend flowers. Look, oh, look at all these flowers. Look at all these gifts I bought you trying to prove something to, or rather it's doing things, uh, in a loving relationship, you know, I want to sit and listen. I want to, you know, I, if I write my wife a note or if I bring her flowers, it's not because I'm trying to get something from her, you know, at least I would hope not, or I'm trying to get her to think better of me, but it's rather something I'm doing out of a love relationship. And so when we start talking about fasting, I think it's an important thing to keep in mind. It's not something that we do in order to manipulate God, but it's something that we do in order to, to bring our, our flesh back into submission so that we might be more in tune, um, less distracted um, in hearing uh, what God is trying to show us, where God's trying to lead us, um, the distractions of our flesh, being able to put those things aside and focus on him.